I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a call third strike. Set out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm Big Jace, joined by Jared Jones. No Joe Aguirre today. He was busy. But today is a big, big day in the fight world, UFC 259. We'll get to that. But first, Jared, we must recap last week's fights. Starting off, Cyril Gain defeats uh, Rosenstruck, the unanimous decision. Uh, Jared, both you and Joe were, were very adamant that Gain would dominate this fight, as he did. I mean... As, but the thing here, my takeaway here is, I mean, you, you're in the land of the big boys. You need to finish him. And if if Gain doesn't have that knockout power to finish a Rosen strike, which I think Rosen strikes really, really good. But if he doesn't have that, I don't know if he can compete with the top top of the game. You know. So what do you think of this fight, Jared? Uh, I think, man, I think the opposite. I think this guy could com- compete with anybody in that. Granted, uh, Rosenstruck didn't really uh, push the way you want, but but this this gang kid did everything I said he was going to do, except for knock him out. Um, I would have liked to see him push more, but I'm a fan, and as as if I'm his trainer, if I'm in his corner, if I'm his family, I said before this fight, he limits windows. There's not a lot of opportunities. For him to get clipped, for him to get knocked out, for him even to get touched. And I think that's what we saw in this fight is that this guy, really, he's going to, if he fights every fight like that, he's going to be really, really hard to beat. This was a good, this was a good artistic showing. He hit, but he didn't get hit. He did what he was supposed to do. When you're that big, if he did what I wanted him to do, what you wanted him to do, what everybody wanted him to do, he left more windows open for himself to get knocked out. And sooner or later, you turn into Alexander Overeem. 
So I like this performance. That's what I want. That's that's what I want from my fighters. If I if I'm in their corner and want them to win, as a fan, I wanted to see him push more. Okay. I mean, we already know that Miocic and Ngannou two is coming up. Where does got uh gain fit in in this heavyweight division? And I mean, you mentioned over him. They just recently, uh, a couple days, uh, less than a week ago, released. Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem from the UFC. So where does uh, Gain fit in in the heavyweight picture in your eyes? Oh, right at the top. Right at the top. I'd like to see him fight for the strap. All right. So does should he just wait? It, well, I mean, we the heavyweight division so cluttered as is. What is his next fight going to be? Do you think his next fight, is he going to wait and get a title opportunity or – do you have someone else in mind um, to fight next? I think I'd love – you know, if if Lewis after that big knockout is taking a step back, that's a great fight. Um, I like Ngannou. If it's not me – but, I, but I, man, I would give this kid the title fight and maybe expect him to win it. I think he could be Stipe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this kid is the future of the heavyweight division. Okay. Remember that I, I said that. Cyril Gain. This will be one of those guys who wins a few heavyweight fights. You don't see a lot of guys in any weight class go and win three, four fights. You, you start making lists of champions that won four fights. It's, it's a much shorter list than, than total champions, you know. People have trouble staying at the top for... For I mean, any yeah. significant amount of time, and I think he'll be Especially one of those champions at heavyweight. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Where guys get and why? Why is it especially difficult at heavyweight? Because the knockout power. Okay, and what does Cyril Gain do significantly different than the other heavyweights in the game? Close the windows. Yep. Yeah, baby. My man. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we will keep this. We'll bookmark this, and let's see what happens. But uh, now let's uh, – I mean, we, we got a big uh, octagon show ahead of us, but let, let's step into the boxing ring. As Canelo comes out, um, did, did what he had to do, did what he needed to do, knockout third round against Yildrim. Uh, I mean, Jared, what would you think of the fight? Well, I I had said that if you want to bet, bet first three rounds knockout. Yeah, you did. And if you want to hedge your bet, bet first three rounds and then decision. Because once it makes it out of three, it'll turn into a sparring session. Joe said fourth round or fifth round, I think. I told him he could have everything from between three and decision. So I took another one down with Joe. I'm on a bit of a roll here. Um, and this is this was a this was a joke, man. This was never going to be close. This is a colossal waste of time. Yes, yep. At the top of the game and everyone's time. That's the thing is the Paul brothers aren't wasting any, but Nate Robinson. Who cares? You know, I'm a little yeah. more. Eh, let's. We should let more people fight. I'm down with that. But this was yeah, waste of time. I don't. You know. All right, so who icing hot shot going Gilderim. All right, so Jared, who does Canelo need to fight next? I know there's a lot of people. I mean, the the 
after this fight, it looks like Billy Joe Saunders. But who does he need to? Like, who is the big, big fight for Canelo right now? The big, the big, big And fight. I know where you're coming. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, well, he's he's got to fight Trump. Not not because I want to see Trump get beat up, because ratings. So Trump, and then um, second, I would have both Paul brothers at the same time. That's interesting. Let's see what happens. And uh, Clarissa Shields, big win for Clarissa Shields last night. I'm sure she'd give him a go. And uh, Canelo isn't fighting anybody in his stratosphere, so if we're going to waste time, let's at least make it entertaining. So I got Clarissa Shields, both Paul brothers. Where does uh, Donald Trump fit in there? <laughs> Where does Connor fit in there? Oh, God, he doesn't. Oh, but doesn't he's he? The, he's the, yes, fifth behind the kangaroo. Uh, <laughs> fifth behind the kangaroo. Oh, it, it's a mess. Uh, I, I really do hope we do get to see a Billy Joe Saunders, though. That would be a great fight. Um, Canelo. I mean, especially he did look good. Oh, Baturbiev. Yeah, you yeah. want to come up for me? There you go, Tony. Huh? You want to cut? You want to? You want to uh, show me you're the best fighter in the world? Come back up to light heavy and fight Baturbiev. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, he's a beast. Charlo, also, uh, Andrade, he's also a sneaky, sneaky guy there. I like oh, Andrade yeah. a lot. Uh, I would like too. to see him take out down one of these, oh, take on one of these top guys in that. He was know, one of the younger guys in the gym when I was coming up, Andrade, and uh, he's been he's been a force for a long time, boy. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, He's he's a stud in the making, and I'm a, I, I'm, I would like to see him take on one of these top guys. But let's go on to the who you got, and we got a big big fight card this week for UFC, three title fights. But Jared, what is your fantasy fight card? Give me three fights that needs happen on your fantasy fight card. Whatever whatever you want, your um. Big- my favorite all-action fighter ever in the world, Justin Gagey. He ended up on here twice. I'd like to see um, Covington's talked about coming up. Had trouble making weight. I'd like to see that fight. Gagey, Covington. Oh, I like that. Um, I also like uh, Masvidal Gagey. As in all action, no nonsense, scrap. That's a, that's a, yes, that's a fight. So I'll take Gagey in both of those. And then the third one we touched on already. Cyril Gain to beat Stipe. Oh my goodness. For real? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this guy's that's the future. Your He's going to win. It's going to win three or four fights at heavyweight with the strap. Yeah. Oh, Shevchenko Noon's three I like. Yeah. And Ganu Jones. That, that's an interesting one. Adesanya Jones is good. But I, I, got, I, I got three for you. I, I made them all title fights. 
in, in quotations because we got three All title right. fights. Starting off with the title of the hardest hitter in MMA, Rumble versus Ngannou oh. at heavyweight. Tell me that would not be a fun fight. Tell me that wouldn't be Why a fun should fight. Anthony Johnson still be relevant, though, is the question. This is crazy. That's for the hardest hitter, the biggest knockout artist belt. All right. Conor McGregor versus Tatiana Suarez. <laughs> no, no, no. But All right. I, I think uh, I'm going with Tony here. Shevchenko Nunez 3. For uh, I don't know, put all, just make it like all the belts, every single one of the the belts. You guys, have. whoever wins can just have, have all. all of them. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> oh, and then I'm gonna go with my guy Isaiah Groves, Izzy versus Jones. The, the, that's just the fight. That's you know? a great fight. That's gonna be a great fight. I mean it. it Assuming Israel Adesanya handles his business tonight, that that's got to be the fight, right? Oh yeah, yeah. be the fight, and then Jones is gonna—I uh, don't know. There's a lot of stuff that can happen if if Adesanya wins, but who knows? Blockowitz can can put all this hype and all this stuff to bed, but uh, we will see. And before we get into that, though, here's uh, we don't have a. What? We don't have a trivia this week. No. Somebody's waiting for the waiting for the game to start. Maybe we'll have uh maybe we'll have Tony ask us a few questions if he's up for it. Go ahead, run that promo. Uh yeah, so we'll be right back to preview the fight. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Colby, we'll float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. All right, that's Keys to the City. Make sure you check them out. Also on this part of the CMG podcast family, clovercrestmedia.com. But now let's get in to the fights tonight. The big UFC pay-per-view, UFC 259. This fight card, this card is stacked beyond belief. But we're just going to focus on the title fights. Starting off. With the first one up, it's going to be Peter Yan versus Aljermaine Sterling. Jared, what's going to happen? Oh, boring girls make my folks. Peter Yan. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the guy I like, though, man. As much as I that this this is this one's tough because I I that's not often that I really like both guys in the fight. You asked me fighter of the year earlier. List of three guys for fighter of the year. These are two of the guys I gave you. Whoever wins this fight is lined up for two or three in a row here that uh, are going to be. You know, you you win two or three fights, you're you're right on that list, anyways. And I like uh, I like Peter Yan. You like Yan? Um, man, in a knockdown, drag out, all action. Worthy of a strap type of fight. 
Yeah, I like Jan to be a little bit better in more aspects of the game. I think Sterling's going to be a slightly better striker, and Jan will be better everywhere else. You really? Yes. That's interesting. I I, I think Aljo. I I think the that's how you reacted when I said Charles Oliveira was good. By the way, no, no, you're <laughs> right. You, you're right with that. But no, I, I think. Have you seen what the Funk Masters like? He's he's flexed his ground game in the past, you know. So I, I like I like his submission game. I, I think he might be able to. If there is going to be a finish, I, I I like Aljo to find the the submission somehow, some way, because he is he's pesky like that when it comes to yeah. the ground. And uh, but. I, I do think if it goes to the to decision, uh, I do think Jan will, will end up taking it, champion's advantage. But I, I do think this is going to be a grueling fight. It's going to be a great fight, and this is going to be a fight we're going to be talking about by the end of the night saying, run it again, and uh, we'll, we'll be fine with it. Cause, uh, well, and at the end of the year, we'll look back as is one of the fights that's going to shape that division for sure. Yeah. I, like, I could see this fight going a trilogy. Like, these two guys are good enough. They're the top of their this, this division right now. Like, I could see this being a war in the, in the next year, year and a half. Mm, you see that comment? Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> Tony with the hot takes. Ooh. only got okay. So I'm just saying more ways to win for Jan. I'm picking Jan yeah. because I believe while Sterling might be more dynamic, a striker, Jan I think has and submission. Uh, but Jan just has more ways to win, more ways to get it done. I think he could knock out, submit, or win by decision. Whereas if I'm Sterling, submission, maybe knock out. You know, it's just there's less. He could grapple. He could go to the ground. Jan has more tools in the toolbox that he that is disposal. Okay. I, I, I get that. This is going to be a great fight regardless. And this is only the oh, yeah. first fight we're talking about on this pay-per-view. But let's move on to the women's featherweight fight as Amanda Nunes takes on Megan Anderson. Jared, well, what does Megan have to do to get to, to, to steal a victory here? Who's can we talk about the other guy on the card here? Who's the other guy on the card that said the that had the podcast and said the thing? Oh, are you hip to this? What no? What do you think Megan Anderson has to do to steal one here? <laughs> what is what do I think? Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. Well, question. obviously, knock her like she has to put her to, to sleep. If you saw Megan Anderson fight in Invicta, she did, she was she was pretty dominant. She was able to use her range and strike with them. Uh, if she can use that length she has and keep Amanda. Uh, at kind of a way and uh, maybe set up like I, I think like Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey. If she can set up some strikes and then end it with a head kick, I think she might be able to put Amanda's uh, lights out. But um, I, it, I just don't see it's going to have that happening. No. Right? Good. She's going to get in, 
Put put uh, Megan Anderson to sleep, and uh, it's going to be a answer. Answer is she can't. She yeah. doesn't. There yeah. isn't. Um, so what what I was uh, referring to is uh, Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny, who's also fighting on that card, uh, was on a podcast with Tim Welsh, and Tim Welsh asked him if he would smash Megan Anderson. <laughs> to which he said, probably not, man. She's not too, well, I mean, if it came down to it, and it was like 5 a.m. for, she's a 5 a.m.er, 4 a.m.er, just two of us hanging out like, F it, let's do it. He later, uh, Megan Anderson said, I guess MMA is a line of work where you can publicly talk about whether you'd have sex with a coworker in an utterly degrading way and face zero consequences. It's disgusting behavior and unfortunately he'll be, and it's unfortunate he'll be fighting on my card. He then, uh, apologized and said it was, uh, but follow up question for you, Jace. Gotcha. Would you smash Megan Anderson? What? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not I'm falling into it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was uh, news newsworthy, and no, no, totally disrespectful to Megan Anderson, yeah. and not not something he should have said. Now, while we appreciate your apology, you should have known. Did you see Jace's face, everybody, when I asked him that question? You should have known, Kenny, when you got asked that question, that it wasn't something you were supposed to answer, at least publicly. You know, you talk about locker room talk, well, let's keep it for the locker room, you know. Yeah, so good good thought not answering that question. Um, I don't think Megan Anderson, with all due respect, has any chance to win this fight at all. I think the odds may, it's like 1,600 or something, that's... That's fair. $16, $16 should win you a buck if you bet it on Amanda. This is, uh, yeah. It's not, I don't think it's going to be close, and I don't think there'll be a lot of opportunities for Anderson to do anything, let alone win. Um, I, I'm just going to be wild, and I'll go with the upset pick because I'll look like a genius if it happens. So, and I'm fine with looking like a dumbass if it doesn't. So, do you really think she can win, though? And how's she gonna win? Um, utilizing her range and catching uh, Amanda coming in—that—that's the only way. And wow, I don't that's think exactly what. It's just what my boy Phil said. Oh yeah, knee, yeah. knee to the head, or or just a head kick, like keeping her at range, setting up a head kick. I I, I think it is possible. It, I mean, it's MMA. Anything's possible. Do I see it happening? Slim chance, but I'm gonna go with it just because I want it to happen. Well, go go put twenty bucks on it; it'll win you three twenty. <laughs> I'm in. I like I like money, so let's go. But uh, yeah. Now we got to move on to the main event of the evening. But we got a special special video here as Tony's gonna give us his tale of the tape. All right, Saturday night. Blahovitz versus Adesanya for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Jan Blahovitz, 38 years old, six foot two with a 78 inch reach. He's 27 and eight with eight knockouts and nine submissions. He's from Poland, began training in martial arts at age nine, 
initially in judo and eventually attained a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Joe Moreira. Jan debuted in MMA in 2007 in the Polish Fighting League KSW, losing his first fight by decision, and in his second appearance defeated three opponents in one night, one decision, and two KOs. He became the KSW light heavyweight champion with a record of 17-3 and and was offered a contract in the UFC in 2014. His career in the UFC was a little spotty at first, losing decisions to Jimmy Manoa, Corey Anderson, Alexander Gustafson, and Patrick Cummins, but was able to go on a tear avenging the losses to Anderson and Manoa while also beating Devin Clark, Jared Cannonier, Nikita Krylov, Luke Rockhold, and Jakar Souza, and eventually beating Dominic Reyes via second-round knockout in September to become the UFC light heavyweight champion after John Jones left the division. The only blemish on that run was a KO defeat to Tiago Santos back in 2017. A tough-as-nails and hard-hitting Muay Thai striker, Blahovich has been gradually developing and getting better since 2014, both in terms of his boxing, particularly his jabs, feints, and counters, and his grappling skills, as attested to by his nine submissions. Jan typically doesn't like to overextend himself, usually staying in the pocket and waiting for the right opportunity to land with his vaunted Polish power, and destroys opponent's sides with his kicks. Israel Adesanya, 31 years old, six foot four with an 80-inch reach, 20-0 with 15 knockouts and five submissions. Born in Lagos, Nigeria, where he took up Taekwondo at an early age, his parents relocated to New Zealand, where Izzy has lived since he was 10 years old. After high school, he enrolled in college to become a computer designer, but at 18 decided to take up kickboxing, where he amassed an amateur record of 32-0. By age 21, he joined City Kickboxing, where he still remains alongside Dan Hooker, Kai Kaur France, and Alexander Volkanovsky. From 2010 to 2017, he fought as both a boxer and a kickboxer, as a cruiserweight and middleweight, respectively. He retired from kickboxing in 2017 after getting knocked out by Alex Pereira via left hook in the third round. He went 5-1 as a boxer and 75-5 and as a kickboxer, which combined with his MMA record puts him at 106 with 45 knockouts as a professional fighter. He made his UFC debut in 2017 with a second-round KO and fought Marvin Vittori in his second fight, winning by a hard-fought split decision. Later that year, he defeated Derek Brunson, then won a unanimous decision over Anderson Silva. In 2019, he had the fight of the year against Kelvin Gasolim in another back-and-forth fight for the interim middleweight championship. Then he unified the belt with a second-round KO of Robert Whitaker. Since then, he's defeated Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. The last style bender has tremendous agility and reflexes. He uses a wide range of feints to set traps for his opponents, often nailing them with counters from angles they were not expecting. He uses every bit of his six foot four frame to maintain distance and keep his opponents at range where they can be hit, but they can't land their best shots. He's also an expert at shortening his strikes mid swing if he can tell that. The other fighter's movement has altered the range. Curiously, very few of his opponents have even attempted to challenge his grappling, with most preferring to stand and trade with a seasoned boxer-slash-kickboxer who typically holds a significant height and reach advantage. Will Adesanya be able to become only the fourth two-division champion in UFC history? We'll find out Saturday night. Good. Will Adesanya get that? Will he be two belts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like Adesanya. Well done there, Tony. Yeah, Man. That was awesome. 
That's good. You know why Joe goes there for his facts, um, <laughs> his picks and stuff. Yeah. 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 That's what I didn't like about the Curtis Blades uh, angle he took. Like, don't, now, now, now he gave you a loser. Don't pin him, don't hold his feet to the flame when he gave you a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done, Tony. Well, well done. Um, and uh, I like Adesanya for a lot of different reasons. When you talk about the different ways to win, um, I mean, I feel like Jan has to be somebody totally different than he is to win this fight. Just like Tony said, he, he prefers to kind of sit in the pocket and wait for his opportunities to counterpunch. He's the better striker in the pocket, in the moment, while they're trading. That's not going to be true here. That's how. That's literally how he wins fights, and he's getting in there with somebody. He's you're gonna sit in the pocket with this guy. You're getting knocked out. You're gonna get hit a lot hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Adesanya. I I, I see Adesanya just piecing up uh, Jan. I, I don't think Jan's gonna be. Jan might get a couple good uh, solid licks in. Uh, Adesanya is gonna gonna understand what it's like to be at light heavyweight, but um, I, I do think uh, eventually Ade, it, it's gonna show that Adesanya is the superior striker. He's gonna outclass him, and then Jan's gonna look for a a, a half-assed type takedown, and that that's where Adesanya is gonna put him to bed. Fourth, uh, I like what what Phil Ben Benito said here. Fourth round, I like that. Uh, I think Adesanya is just going to outclass him on the feet. Jan's going to go for a takedown, and then it's going to be. Over. I think it. I think if Blahovich is going to win, um, it's going to look a lot like uh, Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. You know, where he gets oh, caught okay. over and over and over with these beautiful, crispy, technical shots, and he's just the bigger guy, so he takes them all and lays on him and comes in and wades through it. Until he finally gets on top of him and manages to pull something off. But uh, I don't – I mean, if I had to build a game plan. I I, I, I agree with Tony, though, too. Blackwood, yep. if he takes him to the floor, uses that size, like smothers him, I mean, has a Khabib. Which changes his game plan. Yeah. But also, I, I feel like – I feel like Adesanya is sneaky enough. He might be able to throw in like a something off his back, but because uh, we haven't—that's a whole side of his game we haven't necessarily seen from Adesanya. So I, I think he might have something stored up his sleeve for when shit does hit the fan that way. But uh, wouldn't surprise me. We, we will see. We will see tonight because I'm excited. Tonight is a fun, fun night for fights. I mean. And not just the title fights. Dominic Cruz is fighting. Um, it's a great, great card. So don't miss it. UFC pay-per-view, UFC 259. But we're going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, hit me with that flurry, brother. Who would have thought that Stuart Smalley had all the answers we needed to be happy and successful in life? Remember Stuart Smalley? He was a Saturday Night Live character. If you don't remember, look up Stuart Smalley 
pretend it isn't a joke, that guy had all the answers. In Africa, July of 1989, a young nurse gave birth to her first of five children. After having her fifth child, she became determined to seek out a better life and somehow managed to pack up this large family and move from Africa to New Zealand. At the time, the black population of New Zealand was about 1.7%. Her oldest boy was among the smallest children in school, one of the only blacks, and had four siblings he felt like he couldn't protect from the onslaught of racism and degradation. He said he didn't even realize he was black until he got there but it suddenly defined him. He once compared himself to a rat in the school, standing against walls, scurrying around edges of rooms, staying close to doors, hoping not to be noticed, and constantly planning escapes. During his freshman year of high school, he was beaten and tormented so badly that one day he found himself at his house, bleeding and crying, staring at himself in the mirror. And then, all of a sudden, he started saying nice things about the person he saw. I am good enough. I am smart enough. People like me. For over a decade and a half, every single day from that one to this one, he's continued that ritual of positive self-talk and affirmations in the mirror every single day. But on that first day, he went from his mirror to a Muay Thai gym where he learned how to protect himself and stand up for himself without becoming the bully. And what he became instead is one of the most highly decorated mixed martial artists in history and the current UFC middleweight champion of the world. Tonight at UFC 259, Israel Adesanya will look to become a double champion when he faces Jan Blahovich for the UFC light heavyweight belt to add to his collection. And even if he doesn't maintain the center of the octagon for the entirety of the fight, he's come a long way from scurrying around the edges of rooms. And if you ask me, he's good enough. He's smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like him. Look up Stuart Smalling. Pretend it isn't a joke. That guy had all the answers. Thanks. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss, strike three, it's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. All right, for all you... Red Sox fans, make sure you check out Obi's Backstop Podcast. Um, and that's going to do it for throwing jabs this week. Thank you, Jared, for joining me. Um, we missed you, Joe. Um, everyone, thank you for watching and listening. I hope you enjoy the fights because, boy, oh, boy, am I excited for tonight's pay-per-view. It's going to be great. But uh, for myself and Jared – Thank you, thank you guys all for listening and watching. And thank you, Tony, for that excellent uh, breakdown of the main event. Thank you very much for that. We will catch you next week for more Throwing Jabs. See you then. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.